Hey, Raina. Hey, Meg. How's it going? I mean, pretty good. How about you? Good. Ha- it's season two! It's season two! <laughs> we are back! Oh, man, look at those sound lines oh, holy that we just... shit. Shut up, Raina. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got new mics. We got really nice Shure brand mics, yep. which is like... It was our Christmas presents we requested from our husbands. And they collaborated. They, they did. They did. Well, your husband kind of uh, knows what he's doing in this space Does a little he? bit. I think so. Oh. And then my is husband talked to your husband. Is that what you get when you go to school for auto engineering? Is I, that what? I think that's what okay. happens. I think that means you know what you're doing. All right. I hope so. Maybe. We'll find out. We'll but I think we think we sound better. I think we sound a lot better. Our yeah. test team sounded a lot better for yeah. sure. Um, you want a joke? I do want a joke. Okay, this is, you guys, it's not that good. But first of all, it is New Year's Eve today. It is Happy New Year's Eve. Almost and 2024. Happy <coughs> birthday Eve. Birthday Eve. To me. My birthday's tomorrow, guys. Well, Jeez, now we'll be in the past. What a but birthday. Yeah, everyone's always hung over. It's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I just get redrunk. Do guys. I have any chance of seeing you tomorrow? Like... Um, I'm pretty sure you're coming out with me tomorrow. Duh, but I, I was making a... I was oh. making a... Oh, oh, like we're leading into this? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm taking Meg to um, my favorite dive bar that I go to on my birthday with my dad and all of his old redneck friends. And we go, made a tradition about going there on my birthday the last like three years. And now it's just fun. So this year I'm dragging Meg along. That's going to be great. It's, I know. First time in a, in a dive bar, I think. Well, no. not I've taken you to one other one. One other one? Dive bar. Okay. This is like different though. This is like a dive dive bar. I don't think we've ever this been to This is a dive dive, dive bar. bar. The, this, the kinds of people there are a little sketch. Last year I had a like homeless man trying to eat my food while we were there. It was really fun. fun. Yeah, it's a good time. Anyways. Um, I mean, I gave him my, some of the food because I was like, there oh, we go. Yeah. You know, yeah, anyways. Yeah. All right. Here's a joke. Well, kind of. Um, my New Year's resolution is to be more optimistic by keeping my cup half full with either rum, vodka, or whiskey. Perfect. <laughs> or maybe some lunatic soup. I think lunatic soup is and the actually, right answer. And actually, in my case, champagne. Well. Because that is my drink yes, of choice. It is. Other than lunatic soup. Yeah. I really like the rosé. The rosé all day? I've been drinking rosé. Yeah. I mean... Hello and welcome to Lunatic Soup, the podcast where we go into all things wild, weird, and unknown. We're your host, Meg. And I'm Raina, ready to brew up some Lunatic Soup. Let's go. So back at the beginning of December, I went down to Portland, Oregon, and my friend brought me to this place that just has a butt-ton of ciders. Love it. And so I went to town. So this is one of our ciders. This is a French cider called, was that a Vol? Of all? Of all. I mean, I don't speak French, but I'm going to guess that looks correct. Oui, oui. Oui, oui. It is a rosé cider. Speaking of rosé. It is 6%. And it's from France? And it's from France. France. Or Manhasset, New York, like it says on the back. But, But, you know, we'll we'll go with France. A product of France. But it is pure apple juice. So. Yeah. All right, you ready? So we'll see. One, two, ten. Ooh. I didn't bring stuff to sour slut it if we want. It's a beautiful color. This can is my jam. It has like pink and white stripes on it, which is just my favorite. I think it's so it's cute. It's very bubbly. It's a very pink, peachy it color. Is. It, looks, well, it looks very rosé. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Damn, that's good. It's very dry. It tastes just, honestly, tastes more like a sparkling rosé than a cider it does i mean i can taste the apple in it but that this is, little hint of yeah, sweetness this at is the very end. dry it does it tastes like a it, i mean it tastes like a sparkling rosé to me 
It does. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, I love a sparkling rosé, so I guess that adds up. Perfect. All right. Are we ready for our first story of the new year? Of season two? I think we are. Okay. This one takes place in good old Washington. Washington? Mm -hmm. That's where we live. It is. I've actually known about this story for a few years. Back years ago, before I even met you, Uh I wanted to do a podcast and I was kind of looking up stories and I found this one. Oh, dang. This one's like... This goes way back. This one goes back. Okay. So February 21st, 1997, a man by the name of Mel Waters called into the famous Coast to Coast AM radio hosted Mm -hmm. by famous Art Bell. Do you know that show? Nope. Okay. So Art Bell, who sadly passed away in 2018, he was a broadcaster, author. He was the original host of Coast to Coast, which is, it's an AM radio show in the middle of the night. When my husband worked nights, um, they would always listen to it. Okay. People would call in with their paranormal stories, be it Bigfoot, alien, Is it like a Washington? No, no, no. no, I mean, Coast to Coast. coast. Oh. So. (laughs) Coast to Coast. Ah, Gotcha. Oh, there she is, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> so Didn't get any smarter in the new year. <laughs> but it's, it is, the show is a riot. My husband will always tell the story of this one time this guy called in and said, you can hear Bigfoot. And he's like, he literally just screamed into the microphone himself and said it was Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's good though. Whatever works. So it's like we should, you know, next time we do an overnight, maybe we should just pop it on. Yeah, just to see. Um, and it it's. But it's still on air today. I believe so because they know they were just listening to it not too long ago. It yeah. might not be every night, but okay. Um, and it's on hundreds of stations around the U.S. and Canada. Okay. So Mel called in and he began to tell Art about a story, and it turned into years of following this story from this guy. He said that he had property near Ellensburg, Washington, mm-hmm. which from here it's what, two and a half hours away? Yeah, I'd say about two right and a half. Right over yeah. the mountain. Yep. There was a very large, mysterious, seemingly bottomless hole on his property. It had I've heard about this. Have you heard about this? I feel this? like I've heard about this, but I okay, but continue. We ought to continue. It had been there since as long as Mel had been there. It had been there as long as the previous owners had been there. It had been no one remembers. The hole not being there. The hole's depth is completely unknown. And one day Mel tried to measure the hole. He took fishing line and a weight and lowered it down into the hole. And he used multiple spools of fishing line and never hit the bottom. Which, that's a, that is a shit ton. That's, that's, I mean, thousands of feet. So he had 80,000 feet of fishing line. And it never hit the bottom. Which is over 15 miles. He said that that's the not na- terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> he said that the neighbors and himself would basically use the hole to chuck garbage into, all sorts of garbage, <sighs> appliances, and no one ever heard it hit the bottom, and it never filled up. And this was years and years of people throwing garbage down this hole. That makes me uneasy for some reason, <laughs> like really uneasy. <laughs> Mel said that his dogs and other animals would not go near the hole. Birds would fly around the hole. It was about nine feet in diameter, so it was a big hole. It had a stone retaining wall that went around it and down about 15 feet. So people had tried to structurally do something with this hole. Okay. It went down about 15 feet, and that's all they know that someone had been down that. And Unless you fell in, then you're going all the way down to the bottom. Well, Is there I'm a bottom? I'm guessing you're going to die. 15 miles of falling, like... I mean, I... 
I think you would die. I would. I would. Maybe by mile two or three. I would. I would hope. I would hope. That's Jesus. Could you imagine you're just falling and falling and falling and falling and falling? I would think you would black out. Well, I'm guessing you would. And be done. Well, and there's probably not a lot of oxygen. Like I would hope, right? I've never been down a hole. Me either. So I'm not sure. You I know. would think that you would run out of oxygen, and then maybe the velocity of your fall would like. I think the velocity of your rip fall your body is apart. What would do it for you. If you yelled into the hole, you couldn't hear an echo. And the neighbors had told Mel that their dog had died a few years before, and they threw the dog into the hole. The next day, they saw the dog running around through the woods. However, when they called the dog, he wouldn't come. So it was his dog, because it had the same collar, but the dog had no recognition of its, preview, of its owners. Mel said that he would take a radio near the hole and change the channel until something came clear. And something, something did come clear. It was a baseball game. And it said this was a live game, but it was a game from the 1960s, which was 30 years before. Okay. And it was picking up, like, old-time music yeah. that wasn't, wasn't current. Yeah. Which, okay, so in the 90s, 30 years before was the 60s. Yeah. Do you know what 30 years before now is? 30 years before now? Like, yeah, like 30 years in the past from now. Like, is the 90s. 90s, yeah. So we're as far away. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with this? I Sometimes I have to think of these things. Like in the 90s, remember how far away the 60s fell? Oh, it felt like so far away. And so now, to our kids. You mean, um, what would we be playing? Like, what, 97? Hanson. I was going to say. Spice Girls. Mm-bop. Spice Girls. Hanson. <laughs> Aqua. I'm a Barbie girl. In the fu- and I just watched the Barbie movie. Yeah. Oh, so oh good. Oh my gosh. I, was- I told her to watch it a long time ago. I was like, Meg, it's so good. I was texting you, like, the whole time, uh-huh. like, this is so good. If you have not seen it, and you are, like, ew, Barbie, gross, like, this looks dumb, it's very, like, it, it is such a good message, especially if you have daughters, it well, is. Well, not only that, I think if you have sons, it's a good message. Actually, mes- you're right, message it is a great message, Because it's, yeah. it's not, it's not hating on any specific gender, it's just showing, showing the, the damages of, but it, no, it's showing the damage to what, it, what, certain society things can do to men and women yeah no it goes both ways it goes both ways i yeah. thought it was a really good message. it's a solid solid movie i've watched it a few i watched it on the plane the other day too just oh, because yeah, yeah just because i it was so good the it first time good. and yeah. except that speech that america ferrera gave oh yeah like yeah <laughs> yeah mel said that sometimes he would look out and see a black beam coming out of the hole towards the sky who <laughs> Mel said that he was telling Art Bell the story to try to gain some insight. Like, what could it be? Do your mm-hmm. listeners have any ideas, suggestions? Is there anything I can do? And over the course of multiple shows, Mel gave more and more information about the whole and the strange occurrences. People would often call into the show, because you can call into the show mm-hmm. and give any and, sort of input. And scream like a Bigfoot. And scream like a Bigfoot. I kind of want to do it. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Um, and so they tried to give him advice on better ways to measurement, measure the hole and experiments to try, like trying radar or lasers to try to get a better grasp of what it could be. One day, Mel had had to leave the property for a short time and he was returning to the property. And this was a few weeks after the original show had aired. The entrance to his property was blocked by government vehicles. 
And, Uh-oh. Yep. So the U.S. military was on his property, and you can tell by the roads that heavy machinery had been brought in. Oh, shit. He called into Coast to Coast to tell Art about the military presence, and then when he tried to go home after that, helicopters, helicopters were circling the property, and the roads leading up to his home were blocked. Yikes. Yeah. Mel was told that services were on his property due to a plane crash. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Mm. But there was no reports around town of a plane going down. There was no evidence that there was debris anywhere. And coincidentally, when he gets on the national radio and talks about it, then all mm-hmm. of a sudden... Plane crash. Huh. Not suspicious. That was a big gulp of cider I just took. <laughs> Went up your nose? <laughs> it just kind of made me feel funny. <laughs> Mel wasn't allowed to access his property, but was told that he could after the plane was taken care of. Okay. So he's like, this isn't forever. Yeah, this is just, yeah, yeah, we just got to take care of the plane situation and then. Yeah. Mel, I mean, obviously Mel wasn't thrilled with that. I wouldn't be thrilled with that. No, I wouldn't be thrilled with my property. You got to let me onto my property. At least let me go get some of my things. And he wanted to talk to someone in charge, and the man blocking him from accessing his property told him that. The land might not belong to him anymore, and how easy it would be to find something illegal on the land, like maybe a drug lab. (gasps) Mel said that he was going to go to the news over this, and the man said, go ahead, no one's going to believe you. Damn. Being gaslit. Can you imagine, though, can you imagine coming up and you can't get to your property? No, and then to be told that, like, fuck with us and we'll, like, we'll take away everything you have because they can. Because they can. That is they so messed up. They can plant anything if they wanted to. Yeah. Shh, can't talk about this. Yeah. Shh, God, what? they're gonna come take my house. No, you're fine. Oh, I don't have a, I don't have a, endless tunnel in the backyard. I don't know what's under the house. A drug lab. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. There's, well. You guys, just joking. <laughs> Dear God. They're gonna oh. show up tomorrow, and there's gonna be. I mean, go. Running. Good luck. Have fun. Run around. You might find some old, good old, marijuana gummies. That's about it. It's legal in Washington. Who it's cares? Legal. Yeah. A few days later, Art called Mel for an update because at this point we're getting invested. Right. I mean, I I would be getting invested. Oh, a thousand I would be percent. In all the time. The amount see. of people who probably listened and then are calling in to give suggestions on things to do, and everyone wants to know, like, did it work? Did yes. this work? Like, mm-hmm. thousand percent. Like, we're we're all here for this. It is important to note that this specific area in Washington has a lot of UFO sightings and a lot of paranormal activity. Yeah. The, which, so this area of Washington, I have a bunch of family lives over there. It's more, you know, yeah, better than Yeah, I it's do. very um, middle of nowhere, like, you know, lots of farmland, um, lots of big lakes, lots, well, actually, maybe not in that specific, well, near it. Um, so this is right at the base of the mountain, just on the other yeah, side, Yeah, it's right? on the other side, yeah. It's a little bit further than that. It's like, but yes. And it, there's not a lot out there. It's kind of the in-between area of Washington before it's like more populated on the other side where Spokane is. Yeah, so it's like this... a long area. Like oh, well, it takes, it, it's like a, what, eight-hour drive? Five, six-hour drive? I think it's at least six. At least, here. yeah, from here. I just remember all my friends who went to WSU Pullman, we'd drive over, but I can't. I can't remember. I think at least six hours to get over there. Yeah, I think so. Mel told Art that while he was staying away from this property, their neighbors reported black beams coming from the hole and into the sky more frequently than before. Callers said that they thought that it was probably a ley line or a portal through time or a portal into another dimension. What do we think about uh, interdimensional portals? I think that they're real. I think we're going to do a wild, weird, and unknown pretty soon on time travel and um, either interdimensional travel or astral projection, something like that. I feel like interdimensional would be a solid one. I, God, I've been, 
of course on TikTok you stumble across one thing and, and then things everywhere. And the time travel one is something that keeps popping up in different like people. There's this celebrity that they say, which I don't know who she is, but I just watched a whole like I went down a fucking rabbit hole about her being a time traveler. And you it guys was have send me some of that. wild. It was just one of those like, which that might be one I'll do stories on. I'm sure there's Reddit things like that one's going to be, if we do it, it might be like a, I almost feel like we're going to have to do like one on time travel and one and on one on. Yeah. Because I feel like it's going to be a lot. Like there's so many stories. There's so much time travel is something that in theory, I do believe could be possible, but time is like a cone. So going back and forth. I don't see how that would be possible because it has to be so precise. So, yes, but... So then I guess it does go hand in hand with dimensions from what I understand that they're... Well, not dimensions, but like time, how it was explained to me is kind of like... Well, time is linear and mm-hmm. that you can have multiple timelines happening. It's like pieces of paper on top of each other. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you just hop between the two. That's what I was told on the interwebs. Well, and then you have the whole <laughs> Mandela effect. Yeah, which also, I, which is interesting, I was, this girl that I, is popping up on my FYP is starting to like debunk some of the Mandela effects, um, and not all of them, but she's like really going hard trying to, and, um, she's saying that some of it looks like it's the government trying to see how much they can like change without us realizing. Oh, I never thought of that aspect. Me either. Me either. She went into a really deep dive about the monopoly man with the monocle, Mm -hmm. which I remember him having a monocle. Mm -hmm. Um, most people do. I feel like Mm -hmm. I remember him having a monocle. So apparently there is only one game and it's a specific like 1996 or something edition of monopoly. And it's only on the $2 bill that he has a monocle. That's the only thing she was ever able to find. But everyone remembers it. But she also did it with Fruit of the Loom and was able to find... The cornucopia. The cornucopia. Because I oh, I specifically remember... We all... Oh, because how the fuck yeah. do we know what a cornucopia is? I had no that's idea what the what fucking a, cornucopia yeah, no, is. that's how we know what a cornucopia is because of your undies. Yeah, and then she just did the Berenstain Bear ones. Okay, did she debunk that one? Um, She somewhat did, but uh, we'll have to go. I'll find it. Next time I see it, well, I'll send it to you. One thing I did look into that because I remember the Berenstain Bears. That's what I remember too. Berenstain Bears. Well, S-T-I-N. It like... Yeah. It was it was a a Jewish last name. Yes. And from what my understanding was was after the war they were they trying changed to it. change it. But I remember it as kids, and we were that was born, what, very post war. That was forty years. <laughs> so you know, we were only born forty years after World War Two. I know that's fucking insane. It, which is insane to think about, like like well, when our kids say the nineties was the olden days. Oh. <sighs> Or like someone I heard him like, I'm an 80s baby. And they were like, oh my God, that's so long ago. And I was like, I'm an 80s baby. What the fuck? That's not that. I'm still, still 23. A woman born in 1987 showed her daughter that was born in 2006. And then she had a granddaughter. Wow. I mean, they had babies really young. But But that's still still possible. Our age could be grandparents. I don't like it. I'm about to have a teenager. I mean, yeah, like that's bona fide. Te- I mean, she and, acts like one. But that's like that's far enough to fucking grant. No, oh. no way, Jose. No, oh. no, no. We're not old, right, guys? No, I'm only turning 37 tomorrow. Woo! We're gonna be 36. Shut up. Anyways, back to the story. <gasps> that's closer to 40. I I am aware. <laughs> I am aware. 
What happens when you're turning 37, but you still feel like you're 23 and sometimes act like you're 23? I feel like I'm 18. Yeah. Wild. Okay, so here's the other point is if it's a portal to another dimension, is there all your shit somewhere else? Like you're just piling up appliances and dead dogs and garbage bags. Oh yeah, they're just yeeting stuff into that hole just hoping for the best. people, things, beings on the other side. Could you imagine like things falling from the sky and they're like, that's so weird. These things fall from the sky into this pile. Yeah. What's happening? But it must be future because otherwise we would have heard about it. Well, it might not be this dimension. It could be another dimension. True. Like, what if what if this dimension? True, a different dimension. Or, but it, I'm saying if it was a different timeline. Or hobbits. There could be hobbits. I'm on a real Lord of the Rings kick. Lately. You sure are. She is trying to convince me that the next cocktail book that I do is Lord of the Rings based. Excuse me. Back up. Pause. I don't think we've talked about your cocktail book on here. Have we not? I don't think we have. I think we briefly talked about the Taylor Swift one, maybe. But you, you've been making multiple. Yeah, guys, I'm on my third cocktail book. It's exciting. Well, I've just finished. I um, ended up making one to surprise my whole family with for Christmas. Um, my cousin, who's an amazing author. What? I make a feature in that book. And Meg you does. Just, you just got to find it. Got to find it. That's all I'll say. A hidden gem, I think we shall say. I think in your family found it. I think my cousin Helen may have found it. Helen, I think you found it. I think they did. I'm not here to confirm nor deny. Nor deny. Um, but, yeah, I made a literally 75 page cocktail book with all my family's memories and pictures and everything. And my cousin Asia, this is she's a writer and, um, she came in on it with me and did all the writing, which made it like so much better because it's so many like fun, quirky memories and things. She's amazing. She's so good at with her words and everything. But, um, yeah, we gave it to my family over Christmas and it was so freaking special and fun. So each cocktail has like a memory that goes with um, the booze, which was super fun. And, and I then got to try a lot of the booze. Yep. And then I, um, did a cocktail book that goes along with the A Court of Thorns and Roses series yep. by Sarah J. Mass, which I loved, um, dedicated to Meg and our other two friends, Carrie and Jess, because they introduced me to the, uh, lovely world of smut. Smut. If you don't know what that is, sucks to be you. Smut. Um, <laughs> it's just a fun word to say. but yeah, but then Meg helped me with a couple cocktails in there. Like the, my last one, I did the court the of thorns. One. Mm-hmm. That one was a good one. I need to post that one. Cause I love that one. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in some cocktail books, they're all on Amazon, the Amazon, Amazon, and you guys can, you know, find me on social medias, but it's been fun. But I think you need to do a Lord of the Rings book. Is that your forte? No, but it's a lot of our forte. A lot, but it's not like what's... I'm trying to do things that I know are trending right now. Like, I'm going to do Fourth Wing Iron Flame one next because that one's super popular. That's true. But I will will do for you a Lord of the Rings cocktail, but you got to help me figure that the fuck out. I can help you figure it out. I feel like I need to rewatch the whole series. I've only seen it like once, so, and that would help. I think I saw each movie three or four times. In the theater. That was the first, like, The Hobbit was one of, like, the first big chapter book that I ever read. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm, my wedding ring is Galadriel's ring from Lord of the Rings. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> I have plans at home that I've been working on. I'm going to turn the kids. Um, yes, that's pretty cool. Playhouse into Bag End. Yes. It's going to be great. Follow us on the socials and you'll see See all there. the things. But anyways, we'll share some of my um, stuff on our stories yes. a little bit so you can find it's and really cool, stock guys. my cocktail books. And if you want to, you know, support the cause and buy a cocktail book, and go for real it. real tasty. They are real delightful. Real tasty. I may have had to be a sample tester. And maybe two of them have a sour slut in them. 
Maybe. They both do. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> Had to sneak them in there. Another theory was that it was the tunnel to the hollow earth. Or, like, do you know what the hollow earth yeah, is? Yeah, it's where it's like middle earth, essentially, right? Like, there's a, there's a world below. I'm sorry. Do you want to rephrase that? Do you know what middle earth is, my friend? Is that that's want... something scary from Lord of the Rings? No. I don't know. It is like middle earth is earth. You know, I had my daughter go in the other day that J.R.R. Tolkien actually uh-huh. found the manuscripts to the Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth was like pre-Earth, what we know, because that's what he said until his deathbed. Um, Middle Earth is Earth. Got Middle it. Earth is the land. Well, I think Middle Earth is in like the middle of the Earth. Well, yeah. But like that's just what, I, when I said that, that's what I meant. Like a subterranean. Like below. Like below. Yeah. Which, okay. So how, so essentially what you're saying would be like below us instead of it yeah. being like. Like the journey to the, the center of the earth yes. when they go down there and yeah. there's like dinosaurs exactly. down there and yes. things that's like that. That's what I'm thinking that means. Yeah. So is they, they, I mean that middle earth is from the Lord of the Rings. No, I know that. But. That I used but yes, the wrong verbiage. You did. But it tied in nicely because we were just Oh my god. I retract ever saying Middle Earth. What I meant to say was that below our Earth, where we are... Subterranean. Subterranean, there's things. You know, some people say that Antarctica is a entryway to, to the yep. Hollow Earth. And I got a whole episode coming up on I've that. And that might that. need to be a tupada. I've seen that on the TikTok talk too. Oh, yeah. Wild. It's wild. It is wild. And there's some parts of it that I'm like, oh, yeah. And then there's some parts of it that I'm like, no. Fuck no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just depends. It's like it everything. It just depends. So Mel wasn't able to go to his property anymore. So, like, at this point, they're not letting him back on. And he relied on his neighbors around town to keep him updated as to what was going on. He learned that years before he owned the property there were stone pillars around the hole kind of like stonehenge-esque oh dear pillars and someone removed them and someone removed them but that to me says like prehistoric well yeah but it was obviously like something people realized was like a sacred spot of some kind like right something's going on there something's going on um, Mel was quoted saying, they took everything from me. My land, my money, my family, everything is gone. The government came in and took over everything. Mel was supposed to call Art Bell to give an update. Um, but on the day that he was supposed to call, he didn't call in and the show couldn't, couldn't reach him. Art Bell states that a TV crew went to Ellensburg area to look around and into Mel's story. And while they didn't find the hole, they reported that they found evidence of that the military had been in the area they found boot prints, machinery prints, and they also confirmed that there was a no-fly zone put into place around the area. Okay. Now, I also looked into some things, and if I say this wrong, it's because I don't have it written down, um, but this was before Google Earth, right? Yeah, right. But there was something pre-Google Earth that had this area blocked out. Okay. And... It was, Mel didn't have access to it, so Mm -hmm. he couldn't have made it up that this area was somewhat special. Right. Because once this came out, like, once this website, was there, what, there were websites in 97, right? Yeah. 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 But it wasn't Google Earth. God, 97 would, it would have been like. It would have been new. I mean, Extremely new. The internet was in the 80s. It just wasn't. 
Yeah, but Actually, like seventies. I think the internet came out in the seventies. Yeah, but you think about the so this is ninety what we said seven ninety seven. So this is like us playing maybe like Oregon Trail on the computer. Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail. Carmen San Diego. Or your weird fucking game that you that's so inappropriate that you Leisure like. Suit Larry. Yeah, that one. But this is like Did we even we all maybe had a computer in our home? Maybe just starting to and they were huge. Yeah. Or not no, even. No, but they were yeah. like those big boxy computers, because let's see, we had just moved to Vermont in ninety seven and I remember living in an apartment before our house was built and we would watch videos online. Yeah. Like, I remember watching old Beatles music videos. Okay, I so remember I had computer class when I was in sixth grade, and that would have been 98-ish. Yeah, so, so it was yeah. there. Okay, yeah, we, it just so we did have it. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, there were, there were geographical sites that had this area blocked out. Okay. It was a no-fly zone that was confirmed by Art Bell's crew. Uh-oh. Three years passed before anybody heard from Mel. And then one day, he called. Mel said that he was given $3 million a year from someone, he didn't know who, to leave his property. He had to sign a non-disclosure agreement and leave the country immediately. So he moved to Australia. Smart man. And he lived there quietly for over two years. I'll take $3 million a year if someone wants to take my house. I'll just move to Australia. I mean, I've done that. My husband refuses. He says everything there will kill you. Huh, I'm so I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could be like, no, they don't. It was, it's, it was a scary place to That's, live. Like you have to check your boots before you put them on. You have to like every like just. I wish that was the only thing. Like getting into your bed, you have to check. There's nope. You're. I'm done. I'm out. The the snakes, the spiders, the. the there's a if lot. If they weren't poisonous, I wouldn't care as much. Like yes, yeah, spiders, ugh. but. They can kill yeah. you. Yeah. So the only thing that I will say is in my time that I lived there, I never knew of anyone who got bitten or killed by any of these things. And you uh, would think, you know, it'd be a common thing. Maybe their government covers it up. Our maybe. government covers enough up. But shark attacks. Ooh. Yes. That's lots. why I don't go into the water. I am 90% sure that I was killed by a shark in a previous life because yeah. I have... A serious fear. A serious fear. And you don't not go logical. into the shark's house. You don't go into the shark's house. You're fixing to get ate up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so Mel's there. Mel's in Australia for two years, and he starts to miss his family. Mm -hmm. So he comes back to the U.S. And then while he's in the U.S., he calls Art Bell and tells him that he wants to come back on the show, but he didn't show up at showtime. The day of the show, Mel was traveling. He gets a hold of him later. Um, Mel was traveling by bus, and while traveling, the bus was pulled over, and police came onto the bus due to an alleged altercation that they said had, okay. had taken yeah. place on the bus. All of the passengers were questioned, and then Mel blacked out. Twelve days later, Mel wakes up in an alleyway in San Francisco. He didn't have his wallet or his keys, and he rolled up his sleeve to find needle holes and tape marks. He realized that he could taste blood and notices the back teeth of his teeth are missing. Yikes. Yeah. Mel had legal action taken against him, stating that he had illegal structures on his property, none of which he had built, and he lost everything. His bank account was empty. Everything was gone at this point. So he violated the, the, NDA. the agreement. Yeah. 
And so now he doesn't have the $3 million. They said that there's... Shocked they didn't just kill him. Right? I mean, they had the opportunity. Yeah. Some people said that Mel could... Oh, when we when I was talking about the Google Earthing, the mm-hmm. pre-Google Earthing, some people said that Mel could have known about this and constructed the whole story around it. But if you look at the dates, the mapping service that was launched online came out six months after the initial call into Art Bell. So it came out, and that area in Ellensburg was blacked out. Yeah. So he couldn't have used the mapping service to build the story. Right. A native tribe from Nevada contacted Mel, and they asked if he would come to Nevada to help them because they also had a bottomless hole on their land. Ruh-roh. So Mel traveled to Nevada. What does he have to lose at this point? I mean, and he was there. His life. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> He wanted to check out this other hole that they had there, and the tribe was excited to have him there and brought him to the site. Now, this area was not on a native reservation, but it was on a Basque land. Basque land. So the Basque are an ethnic group from the region between Spain and France. Okay. So the Basque people settled in Nevada in the 1800s, and they used the land to herd sheep. As long as the Basque people had been there, there was a hole. Okay. The hole was considered a sacred area for the Basque, and it was the same diameter as the hole in Washington. So that was nine feet. Yikes. But this one had a metal, like, around it there was a metal collar that lined around the area and down the area. You know how the other one went 15 feet? Yeah. So this is kind of the same, but the metal collar kind of came down onto the land. Okay. So it was more... It had more constructed things than the hole in Washington. Like someone had put something on it? Yeah. The hole and surrounding area was warm. The metal was warm to the touch. And the metal didn't make a noise. If you dropped a tool or something metal onto this metal, it was silent. Oh. Both the natives and the Basque people vetted Mel to make sure he wasn't a government person or... That, but that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because they wanted to protect it. And uh, if yeah. they knew Mel's story, they knew what, what had happened. Yeah. So they began to do some experience, experiments around the hole. And Mel was with them for it. First, they lowered a bucket of ice a thousand feet down. And they did this with the same line. They measured the line. They lowered it down. Right. So they knew the exact measurements of what was going down. They kept some ice on the surface to use as a control. Mm-hmm. And when that ice was melted on the surface, they brought the bucket back up. The ice did not melt. That was lowered down into the hole. Okay. Now remember, it's warm to the touch, but the ice did not melt. Okay. The ice was not cold or wet, but it was hard. It looked like a large piece of salt. So they decided to try and melt this ice salt block, and they couldn't. The block caught on fire, and the fire didn't go out. It burned for months. Dang. Yeah. They decided to keep putting ice down the hole. Sometimes the ice would melt, and sometimes it would come back up as the, as salt blocks. It was about two-thirds would melt. Okay. And one-third would come back as these salt blocks that wouldn't melt and would just burn for seemingly ever. Hmm. One of the Basques said that he would go down the hole, but they decided that was too dangerous. I'm not going down that hole. I mean... <laughs> I would, someone who wants to go down there, they just have, would have no value of their life, I feel like. 
This gives me very much Stranger Things vibes. Oh, a thousand percent. Especially this next part. You ready? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so they decided it was too dangerous for a person to go down there. But why don't we put a sheep down there? Oh, fuck. The poor sheep. It didn't do anything to them. So Mel told Art Bell that he felt like they were discovering something, quote, something extraordinary. The sheep, like the animals around Mel's hole, didn't want to go down the hole. They had to drag it towards the hole because it was so unwilling. The sheep knew we're not going to be around. We shouldn't be around this thing. If animals aren't going near something, I'm not going near something. Yeah. Yeah, They know better than we do. Um, They put the sheep in a crate. And the sheep tried to kick its way out, so they had to lock the crate, and they lowered it a thousand feet, the same distance as the ice. When the sheep stopped moving in the crate, everyone around them felt what they described as humming. Like that vibrational, yeah, you know? The sheep was down there for 30 minutes, and they brought it back up. The crate looked fine, nothing wrong with it, but the sheep was dead. Shocker. It didn't look weird. It was just sitting there, but it was dead. The Basque people were sheep herders, so they knew how to butcher an animal. So they decided to give the animal an autopsy and see what could have happened. Now we start getting weird. Oh, God. They noticed that the sheep was cooked from the inside out. How the fuck does that happen? I don't know. Lasers. <laughs> Laser beams. Inside the sheep's body was what they described as a giant tumor. When they opened it up, they saw a giant tumor. Mm-hmm. The tumor began to move. Oh, no. So they cut open the tumor, and what was inside was, quote, a fetal seal. A fucking seal? A baby seal, baby. What the fuck? <laughs> And it was attached to the tumor by a cord. Okay. <laughs> the seal also had the eyes of a human. Okay. <laughs> so it was an alien? No, I, I wasn't there. It began to crawl out of the, the sheep cavity and it wanted to get back to the hole. Mel picked it up and put it on the metal edge, and the creature was slimy and had, like, an ozone-type smell, which yeah. is, like, a bleachy-type yeah. smell. Mel and this creature looked at each other for a couple of hours, and then the creature looked up at them and jumped back in the hole. Had a steering contest had with the creature. contest. That's, that's ballsy. Mel, at this time, had been diagnosed with throat cancer and was given a few months to live. Okay. After this experience, the cancer went away. He deduced that the creature healed the cancer with their little staring contest. I mean, I'll take it. There was a documentary video that came out with a man talking about the area where Mel's hole was, and the man showed the road that started up towards the property. He stated that if you go up a ways to the road, you come to a gate, and he warned that if you try to go past the gate, you are in, quote, a whole heap of trouble, and you could just disappear. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Again, Mel called back to the Art Bell show. Oh, this was a few months Mel. after the incident in Nevada with the Basque people. So while he was there, he took one of these blocks of salt, the ice that had been that didn't melt and turn into salt, and he taken the he took the chunk, set it on fire, and brought it back to a cabin that he was living in. 
The air in the cabin had all the moisture taken out of it and his skin was always dry. The air was always dry. And it's as though the block of ice took everything out of the air. Wow. When he boiled water, the steam would be pulled towards the ice. So he's in the other side of the room. He boiled water. The steam would go towards the ice. Because it was attracting all the the moisture. moisture. Yeah. Um, The stove broke through the floor one day, like through the floorboards and down to the ground below the cabin. Because it took all the moisture out of everything, probably. Uh, Yeah, I guess. It just kind of went to, to the ground. Um, Mel left the hole where the cabin was because it was still emitting heat and he still kept the cabin warm. He came home one day and his entire cabin had collapsed and turned to dust. So he moved in with his brother and as he came back to the cabin, he noticed the stove was now about five feet into the ground and the hole that it was making was completely circular and smooth. (gasps) The Basque people told Mel that the seal-like creature would sometimes come and visit them, and they felt that the creature was a good thing and considered the experience to be spiritual. So now this is something with the Basque people where if you had an experience with this seal, baby seal. Alien seal? Yeah. Why a seal? And that's what's so weird, but you have to think, but with human eyes, like, it does sound like an alien-esque. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. This is weirding me out. This is weird. It just keeps getting weirder. So, yeah, if it was a special experience if you got to talk to the seal. And they noticed that birds were now circling the hole. They tried to shoot the birds, and they weren't able to because the bullets wouldn't, wouldn't touch the birds. Okay. They noticed that they were getting communication through radios. Okay. That was clicks. Okay. And they decided that that's how the creature was communicating with them from inside the hole. Interesting. So they learned how to, they learned what this language was and they learned what the creature was saying through these clicks. Damn. Yeah. Don't ask me how. I have yeah, no that's idea. okay. The creature told them that they had to be very careful with the ice and that if it got into the wrong hands, it could destroy the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. Art Bell asked Mel if he had any recording of the clicks and beeps and Mel said, yeah. The Basque recorded everything. They had all everything on record. Okay. Because this was the this was the early 2000s. It's the early 2000s. Yeah. Point, so this is like modern. Yeah. So it's modern. This was 25 years ago. Oh my god. <laughs> but it feels. You know, stop. It makes me feel so old. But it feels modern. Graduating high school. I guess that was a really long time ago. Old. Fuck. <laughs> Were there dinosaurs around? I mean. Maybe some pterodactyls. <laughs> I want to cry. Art asked Mel to come back on the show, and Mel said that he would go to Nevada and get the recordings and pictures and all the evidence from this hole of, that the Basque people had, and he would bring it to Art as proof. So this is like, now we're like... This is not going to go well. I after this... And after five years of periodic communication with Mel Waters, he is never heard from again. The phone that Mel used that Art would call him on was disconnected, and Mel was never able to contact, or Art was never able to contact Mel, and they never got the recordings, they never got the proof. Shocking. And that was the last anybody had ever heard from Mel Waters. 
This was in 2002 by this point. Damn. So, what so, do you think? Um, well, I think that it is definitely some sort of portal or some sort of, yeah, of, of a kind. It's a, obviously a hole that does something important. Now, do you believe that it's real? Yes and no. Yes, I think I believe it's real. Where do you, you believe it's real? I think I believe it's real. There was a man, I believe from WSU, um, who went in search. There are mm-hmm. people that have gone in search. And he did find a hole around nine, and I'll put a picture of it on mm-hmm. Instagram, around nine feet in diameter, but it was an old mine shaft. So there was a definite bottom, all this stuff. So... His theory was, could that have been inspiration for, quote, Mel Waters... Right, and that it's ...to construct this story. But when Art Bell sent his people, like, people from the studio, they saw evidence of military activity in the area. You know, they couldn't get to certain areas in in Ellensburg. Did we ever hear if anything happened to the people in Nevada? I couldn't find any evidence, and I will keep looking. Interesting. It's one of there those is things... a Basque community in Nevada. Yeah, there is, and they they are sheep herders. They raise sheep in the area. That's like a very well known group of people down there. Mm-hmm. But there's no evidence of a flaming pit from that... hell with baby seals. I don't think it was from hell, <laughs> but I don't know. I it's one of those things where it's like you know, like anything, it, there could be some truth to it, could be some not. Hard to say. I do feel like I am definitely on the more skeptical side of anything that has to do with um, government getting involved and covering things up. As in, like, I feel like that happens a lot. I feel like it happens all the time. I mean... And so it's hard to be like, okay, does that story sound crazy? Yes. But but is it, like, that crazy? No. I don't think it's out of reach. No, and that's where it's like, it's not out of reach. And do I think the government would come in and cover that shit up? Yeah. And then there's the fact that, you know, pre-Google Earth, it was blocked out online. Right. And there was a no-flight zone. Yeah. Those are all provable things. I think the other things, factors of it that I would want to know more to to be positive that I believed it are the neighbors who were living around at the time. Yep, we'd want to talk to them. We'd want to talk to them. Where are they? Shit, they... I want to go see the hole. Well, yeah, we can. It's not that far away from us. You want to go try? No, think about it. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get killed by the government. Um, not today, at least. So, but I feel like there's a few things that are open-ended parts to it that would need to come to fruition for me to be like, absolutely. Yeah. But so you like how I give you a story and I give you like proof of the story and then I give you how it can be complete bullshit and I make you decide for yourself. Yeah, I don't like it because I'm really bad at that because I'm <laughs> gullible at the end of the day. I'm, I believe things in general easily, obviously, you guys. But at the same time, like I do feel like if you're really looking into this and you're like investigating it, you would want to speak to those people. would want to speak to the yeah. people in Nevada. You'd mm-hmm. want to speak to the people around and be like, okay. Any of Art's family, his brother, like where, where are these people, you know? Yeah. Unless everyone's so afraid to speak because of what happened and got paid like they were smart and they shut the fuck up like he didn't and everyone's Mm -hmm. been put into silence or killed. I don't know. There's that option too. And just so you know, um, Coast to Coast is still on Mm -hmm. and, um, George Nori is now the host. Okay. So we're going to have to listen, listen to to that. that. 
Well, you guys got to let us know what you think. Yeah, let us know what you think. Do you, I mean, I think there's credible parts of this, mm-hmm. and then I think they're, they could be just complete bullshit. I mean, the part of the seal coming out of the, the dead. The baby seal part. Lamb is, seems a little crazy. That part, I everything for me, I was like, okay, this could be this good, until we went down to Nevada. Yeah, that part seems a little out there. That part, because I feel like there would be more people that would have experiences especially how recent this is this isn't back in the 60s like this This is more yeah when there is the interwebs and stuff so yeah you can take pictures of everything you can record everything yeah there's digital cameras at that point Mm -hmm. at least yeah well maybe not in the 90s but but in in the early 2000s 2000s, like we're starting to come out with i mean it would be grainy but you know so is cctv today yeah yes so so is cctv today that's the truth yeah interesting i don't know yeah so, that was our first episode of season two. Dang, guys. Well, not a lot is going to change with season two, guys. It's going to be very similar, but, it's still gonna you know. still going to be insane. Do you want to hear same a couple... Same shit, different day. A couple of little uh, snippets of what we got coming on season two? Let's hear it. Let's see. We got uh, the Whaley House. The Australian Bunyip. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The Exorcism of Annalise Michelle. We got more demons right now. Oh, God. <laughs> Chupacabra. Love it. Montoya Project. Okay. That one I'm actually really excited for. Diatlov's Pass. I'm doing Diatlov's Pass. There's a lot Yetis, of... Yetis, baby. There's a lot of things that are going to scare me, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, what's new? Okay, you guys. And now, I don't oh. know how much of this we'll keep in, but before we end the episode, well, I'll keep in little snippets of this, but Meg's never played the game Beamboozled. Okay, but my daughter told me a little bit about it because my daughter spent the night here a couple days ago. She said she got a barf jelly bean so, and she wouldn't spit it out. And I'm like, Georgia, no. it's not worth it. So I come downstairs <laughs> and our my two girl oldest and her second oldest sitting downstairs playing Bean Boozled. If you don't know what it is, it's Jelly Bellies. And some of them are really yummy flavored and some are horrible flavored, but they all like, they look the same. So like, let's say there is one is cappuccino. The other is liver and onions, but they look identical. One is dead fish. The other is strawberry and banana, but they look identical. I'm not trying to prove anything to anybody. I will spit it out. Well, that was the thing is I came downstairs for the first round and your child (laughs) had one that was stink bug. And refused to spit it out. And she's sitting there shaking her head like this. She's like, and I was like, Georgia, spit it out. I was like, it's not worth it. Spit it out. And that's when you you messaged me this. And I didn't know what game this was. But I said, if there's a game of holdout, my child will win. And she did. (laughs) She's a steel trap. So, okay. So I think the best way to do this is for us to go for the same flavor like, as in, it's, we're not just going to choose a random one. We're going to find two identical ones and put them in our mouths. The funniest part, when I went downstairs, Kinley had, my oldest, had one that was either boogers or juicy pear. And so, like, they go through, and Kyler's was, like, birthday cake or something else. And both Kyler and Georgia got yucky ones. And Kinley's still sitting there chewing. She's like, I can't tell if it's gross or not. And I was like, well, is it sweet or salty? She's like, salty. Uh, and I was oh. like, this. <laughs> you got boogers, girl. I am too, because I've played this game before. I also have a story about this that I did to text one time to Mr. Boo Boo. We got these when we were up in Canada at our property, and um, the boys were out fishing all day and pissed us off because they were gone for so long. So I took these jelly beans and I put them into a bowl on the bar. So they were just sitting in a bowl. 
And um, so when the boys came back from fishing, Tex was just standing by the bar and just grabbed a handful of oh, these God. jelly beans and threw them in his mouth. And we're all just sitting there like waiting for someone to do it. And isn't all of a sudden he's like, what the, what the hell's wrong with these jelly beans? <laughs> well, where are we? I feel like, okay, we're going to start with an easy one. Birthday cake or dirty dishwasher? Okay. Choose, pick your poison. Stop being a baby back bitch. <laughs> Okay. Okay, ready? One, two, three. <laughs> 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 Is yours good? <laughs> oh, I hate you. <laughs> oh, I'm done. Please don't come. Mm. Oh my god. Oh, Meg. <laughs> Tutti Fruity, we're playing Bean Boozled. Tutti Fruity or Stinky Socks? God, I hope you get bad ones. Okay. Ah! Oh my god. this time you just take it this is either pomegranate or a bandage <laughs> why <laughs> are you fucking kidding me that might be the worst one kids christmas stockings all right what's our closing let's oh, get the fuck off of this well guys thank you for <coughs> season one and the beginning of season two we're super excited about this i have a lot of things planned like a lot of episodes planned for this year we have a lot of fun stuff planned. <sighs> happy new year. year you guys welcome to welcome to 2024 happy Let's, birthday thank you i am now 37 years old, old when this airs. shit man sucks but follow us on social media at Lunatic Suit Podcast on all the things. Email us at lunaticsuitpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, lunaticsouppodcast.com. You know the drill. We've Just got basically merch. type in Lunatic Soup. We're the only ones and out you'll, there. You'll find us somewhere. We've got some fun um, interviews planned for this year. Yep. We've got some fun outings planned for this year. Yes, we, have we do. A paranormal um, conference we want to go to. We have a hotel we're going to go spend the night at. It's... Lots of exciting things oh, to come. And guess what? My lovely mother-in-law from the Paranormal oh. Investigators of New England got me a spirit portal, which is the closest thing you can get to a Frank's box. We are going to use that sucker. And I'm a little scared, but I'm see, very excited. We are going to see who we can connect so with. So thanks, Betty. Yes, thank you, Betty. The best. The best. All right. So thank you so much. And remember, in this crazy world, it's good to be a lunatic. Bye. Bye.